0: Hi, welcome back to Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane. And I'm Shannon. And today, our podcast is entitled, Why We All Matter. And there's a lot on this, and there's also a lot of general stuff, but we're going to see where God leads us. So Shannon, you want to start?
1: It's an interesting concept about why we matter. And we have a tendency to, in in our current Western mindset, we have a tendency to Always talk about quality of life, quality of life. people want to put value on a life whether someone is worthwhile or even themselves They're, they they want to put something on a scale and put something into a quantifiable amount and I think in in doing that not only on others but even on ourselves um, we're always going to come up short, yeah we can never measure up. To the highest potential.
0: You know, I'm thinking when you said that, uh, you know, you hear these, you hear of multimillionaires or whatever getting divorced, you know, and they they say, okay, you have to give so and so, the ex spouse, so much money a month because she needs, she or he needs to keep up their standard of living, you know, in some outrageous amount. Mm-hmm. Because if they don't have that standard of living, then I guess they don't have the quality of life that they deserve.
1: Yeah, and as I said, I think it just it can lead people to feeling worthless if they start trying to do that. Yeah. Once we start to compare ourselves... That's
0: comparison.
1: And it doesn't matter whether it's um, someone who is a peer, someone who is above us, someone who is below us. It doesn't matter. And our whole world is is geared in a very devious way, all of the marketing you will ever see is geared in a very devious way of telling you that you don't have something that you should.
0: You need something whether new. Whether
1: beauty or whether it's health or whether it's a car or all these things, all of those things. If you have just have this, then you'll have that smile on your face. And you know
0: why that's so deceptive is because there's always going to be someone more beautiful there's always someone thinner. There's always someone richer. There's always someone more intelligent. There's always someone that's going to be more than where you are. So that can't be where our worth comes from. That can't be why we matter.
1: I remember when I was first started as a dare instructor, we had a lesson on uh, advertising that we taught the kids. And one of the things that we always came up with is we would one of the things we were supposed to do is bring in some of the advertisements of the time that's been a while back of uh, cigarette advertising. Oh. And you always had people in these cigarettes, in these cigarette commercials, doing usually very athletic things. They were very attractive people, and they were always laughing. Mm -hmm. Girls in bikinis and people on a beach or riding horses are always laughing with white teeth, perfect health. In good shape. All things that cigarettes kind of take away from you, and and even the kids, when you put it to them and show it to them, they go, "Ooh, that doesn't look like somebody who smokes a cigarette." No. Kids, when it was brought in front of them, could see the difference. But we as adults have a tendency to to internalize so much and put so much pressure on ourselves, and so much um, have so much drive to find the next great thing in our own lives. Yeah, that I think we missed the complete point.
0: You know, when I was looking at for this, when I was so I put in the search engine, I put in uh, uh, how many people feel worthless or or something like that, and there were so many, so many sites that talk about this. So I know that a lot of people feel worthless and. Over and over, it talked about this, that comparisons are never healthy, even if you're up on top on the comparison, because you can't stay there. So if we don't find our worth in ourselves, I think this verse puts it where it needs to be. Ephesians 1.11 says, It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. And so my first point, each of us matters because we exist. Because God made us. If we, if you're here on earth, God made you. If you're listening to this, God made you. God made each one of us. And so if he made us, he had a really good reason to do that. And I just wanted to share a couple verses here. And then, you know, comment good. if you want, honey. Uh, and God saw all that he had made. That includes you. That includes me. includes everything and everyone. And behold, it was very good. Genesis 131. Psalm one nineteen seventy three says, "Thy hands made me and fashioned me." If God put that much work into each one of us, you know we're not worthless. We do matter, even if only for that reason. If the only reason, if we had no other reason, it's because God made us. That is why we matter because God made us.
1: I, I love Psalm one thirty nine. I just want to bring. Oh, that up. that's a good one. Psalm one thirty nine. I'm just going to start in verse thirteen Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. Where, when I awake, I am still with you. That concept that you exist right here, right now, at this exact moment in time, you exist because God wants you to.
0: That's enough.
1: He wanted us and he showed it to us twice. Once when he created you. When he created man, uh, in Genesis it says God created man in his own image. Uh, Genesis 1, 27 says, God created us in his own image. But even more so than that, when we sinned and we, and we left him, he wanted us back so much. In John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he sent his son. So whatever anything else, whatever anything else, whether it's in your own mind or whether what somebody else is telling you about your self-worth, It doesn't matter because you are bought and paid for. And you are bought and paid with a price that no one else could pay. And that is the worth that God has on you.
0: You know, I think we have to get away from... Our society is always like, well, you're so worth something because you do this. Or you contribute this. Or you're famous. Or all these people adore you. Or all these... You have a million, billion fans on Instagram. All this stuff, these quantifiable ways that you matter. And none of that, if, you're, if you knew you were going to die tonight and you're laying on your bed, none of that would matter. None of it. But if you know God made you, and it, it, Shannon said, you know, he bought us with a price. He made us. That's where your, that's where your purpose is. That's, where you, that's why you matter. And that's enough. And I do want to, this is a, when I was doing this research, there is a a website called MeaningfulLife.com and then there's a post that says 50 Reasons Why Your Life Matters. So if you want to read them, it was very interesting. There's a lot of good ones on there. But um, that, what you brought up about, bought with a price and Jesus, and that comes with my second reason why we matter. It's because God loves us. God loves me. God loves you. God loves you who, who's listening to us. He, he
1: adores us. Um, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, I know the thoughts I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts of, uh, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. God has a plan for your life even if you don't know it yet. You have a purpose. You have a reason. You have a worth. And that's something that no one else in the world can give you. No one, no human can love you enough to give you the worth that God gives you with his love.
0: It's just because he loves you. That's why you're worth so much, too. I'm thinking of our little grandson, Weston. We have one grandson. He's five months old, and he just learned to roll over, and we just love him. And he doesn't have to do anything, but I just see his little face, and that's enough. It's just because he exists. I just love him. We loved him before he was born. We love him. And that's enough.
1: And so many times with this, in this worldview that, that people have where we quantify things so much, I think of our son Hawken. Now, Hawk is 20 years old. Um, he has never walked, never talked, never crawled. Um, he can roll back and forth a little bit. He makes verbal noises, but he's never, never really talked. Uh, he doesn't hold eye contact very well with most people. Um, he's not communicative at all, unless you know him enough to know what some of his verbalizations mean. But that young man has had such a profound effect on not just us and our family, but on so many other people. And Some might say, you know, what's his quality of life? He's a 20-year-old kid that is going to wear diapers for the rest of his life. He doesn't talk. Um, He will never write a book. He'll never uh, be a great musician or a great painter or um, an engineer or design a spaceship or go to work and get a job and provide a living for a family. You know what? He still has immeasurable worth. And I, I see that in our society especially. And the ends and in the beginnings is where worthlessness is measured. Mm-hmm. In the beginnings with abortion, yeah. there's no such thing as an unwanted child. There's no such thing as an unloved child because God wants them all and God loves them all. And God doesn't make a mistake. So if some if a baby has been formed, that's that's God's that's god's creation and the other end is when we get to the elderly and people start saying well what quality of life do they have they had a stroke they're not talking anymore um that's not our job no we're not we're not here to measure worth because god measured our worth when he sent his son to pay for it all he paid it all for us and Once we understand that we are all worthless.
0: We are all sinners,
1: which makes us all worthless in some way. And only God gives us worth. Then there's nothing greater or nothing lesser. Only God's love.
0: I don't disagree with you on that. Mm -hmm. But I think because we're God's creation, we do have worth. But that worth is only because we are God's creation.
1: Well, Well, it's like that... Um, I think that I, th- I agree with that, but I think I think we're both talking the same thing, yeah. In, but different sides. It's like that point thing. I think okay? God's creation, being God's creations, we have worth, but even more so than the creation
0: mm-hmm.
1: was the salvation. Oh yes. Even more than the fact that He created us is the fact that He wouldn't let us go when we tried to leave. When we left, He said, "Please, I want you back, and I'll give you a way back." And I think that. That's the ultimate show of worth, is that he would sacrifice his oh, son right, for us. Oh, right,
0: right. I want to read this. This is, you already read Psalm 139, but this is from the message translation, just a little bit of it. And um, I wrote it down, so I guess I thought it was pretty good. Like an open book, you watch me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you, the days of my life all prepared. Before I even lived one day, and I don't know what verses those are, but those are from Psalm 139, and when I I copied that out the other day, I said, you know, we don't spend all our time watching someone if we don't love them. You know, I'm just thinking God's eyes are on us as he formed us as we went from conception to birth, all those little phases in between, and now he, he numbers the hairs on our heads. Yeah, Luke 12. Yeah, do you have that one down? I just It just came yep. to my mind. Luke
1: 12, and, you know, each hair on your head is numbered by God. God knows you in the most intimate detail.
0: And he finds delight and in that. he loves you. I think he might even laugh when we start losing our hair. Like, oh, Shannon lost number 1,572. <laughs> I don't know exactly
1: why you go to my head for one that's losing it, although I, I have been qualified as a struggling hair farmer. Um <laughs>
0: Well, I, I seem to grow hair in places I don't I don't know if there's a program for want. that. If somebody knows no. a
1: program, a, a program that'll help me with my struggling hair, I would help. Um, but it really doesn't bother me that much. Bald is beautiful. Yeah, I shaved most of it anyway, so it's all right. I think you look um, great. Okay, that, hey, that concept of of God loves us so much, yeah, and that is the only worth we'll ever really have. But it's the only worth we ever really need. We don't need anything else. That's the need, and that's where people struggle so mightily is because in that comparison, we we weigh it out against what someone else has, what someone else does, what someone else is capable of, um, the way they look, the way they act, the way they talk. All of those things are circumstantial. And you know what goes along with that
0: when we want people's approval? Mm -hmm. It's kind of both the same thing. We want to have a good comparison and we want people's approval, but... You know, that comes and goes, you know, the people's approval. Except for maybe the people who really love you. All the other ones, they might like you today and they might not like you tomorrow. It doesn't really bother them. They're like, oh, she's great. And then they see someone do something, oh, don't like her anymore. She wears the wrong outfit. But my third point was, and it goes just exactly what you're going with, honey. It says, he wants. my third point of why you matter is because he wants you to be part of his family. Uh, Ephesians one five says, "As many, oh no, that's not what." Ephesians one five, John 1.12 says, "As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name." And I wrote down this, and Shannon knows this is true. We have uh, we have six kids together, and three of them we adopted. And adoption is tough, expensive, time consuming, difficult, confusing, heart wrenching. Uh, no one accidentally ever adopts a child, so no one accidentally adopts a child you can 't you can 't accidentally adopt a per- a child so it 's impossible so when God says anyone who will receive him he wants to adopt you into his family, that is a purposeful act i mean and, and he paid it way more than we ever did with our adoptions you know i uh i Okay, I had three biological children, and I really wasn't one of those ladies who liked to be pregnant. I enjoyed, if you want to say enjoyed, but my favorite part was the labor and then delivery, just because I knew that was finite and have a baby at the end. But the rest of it, I just was always so so tired. But for me personally, I think adoption was a whole lot harder than biological.
1: Now, birth it took a lot hard, It took a lot longer, and, and you had less control. Um, but I, I will tell you this, Jane and I, we're going to do a short one on ourselves here in the near future, just so people know who we are. Um, but we have been in different places in the world, sometimes for adoption, sometimes through the military, and seen kids all over the world. We have seen children all over the world. And we have seen children that are abandoned all over the world. And we have seen children that are marginalized all over the world, and um, in our adoptions, both in Russia and in Bulgaria. Um, we went into orphanages full of children and it just rips your heart apart thinking I would take them all. I want to take them all. And obviously you can't. And, and, uh, I especially think of Maggie when she was, when we went to get her, um, she was the lowest common denominator in that place. She was the, the, the least loved child in that place. And the one particular incident, uh, we took her outside, and she hadn't been outside before. We actually had got a little umbrella stroller and mm-hmm. took her outside in a coat. And she did not talk. She was completely nonverbal at that time. And a woman came up to us when well, we went out to like this little playground and said, What's wrong with her? Because she had one leg that was misshapen and she we said well that's just the way she was born and and she was actually talking to us about it and she said well what are you going to do and we said well we're going to take her home she's going to be our daughter and this woman said well i've got children that don't have any problems like that you i'll, I'll sell you one of mine and i just broke my heart
0: they were standing right there
1: the children were there that broke my heart. It's never, ever left my mind yeah. to think about what would you think if you were that child? And God loves us so much that he would never say that to us. Instead, he said just the opposite. He said, I want to take you home to be my child. And I don't care what anybody else says. And I don't even care what you say about yourself. I want you to come home with me. But I'm, I don't care what you are. I want you to come home with me. And I think that is one of the most beautiful concepts of the human life and the Christian life is the fact that God loves you. No matter what you think you are, God knows that you're worthwhile to him. You are precious in his sight, and he wants you.
0: You know, um, I've got a couple more points here, but I do want to say, I think some of the problem is that so many adults, teenagers, children, whoever you are listening to this... A lot of us grow up and and grab hold of a lot of negative self-talk that's within our brains. Like someone just uh, offhandedly said a negative remark to us, and it really stuck with us. And then we let it just implant itself into our brains and our hearts, and we let it identify us. And that's why we need to use the word and find these places where it talks about how God chose us, God loves us, God created us. And let the word start uprooting those negative lies. They are lies. Those are all lies. You're not unwanted. You're not ugly. You're not a failure. Because God, all that is in in Jesus, all things are yes. If you accept him, you you are loved you were cre- you're already loved even if you don't accept him but if you accept him you can receive his love and you can be part of his family and uh, if you do become part of his family god has a bunch of this is my fourth point god has a bunch of good stuff planned for you cuz he chooses you and uh Jeremiah 29:11 says for i know the plans i have for you plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope god knows even more than you do, what will make you happy, what will fulfill you? and he knows the dreams you have, and that doesn't mean the dreams he has for you are the same as yours, but if they're not the same they 're even better. He knows way, he knows you better than you know yourself. he knows me better than I know myself he, and anyway, way. what, what do you, you have I, something to say? I you? always
1: think about these things when, when, when we talk about um, the beauty of little things. We, we have a tendency to, to look for beauty in great things, but the beauty in little things, I think you will find your worth better in the beauty of little things because in God's world, we are little. True. We are small. Go outside. If you, if you are blessed to live in a place like we are where you don't have any light pollution... Go outside and look at the look at the stars, look at the universe, and realize that was all created by 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 God. It was all created by the Master of the universe, and you are a tiny little speck of dust in comparison to even those little specks in the sky. We are tiny, 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 and yet God loves us more than mm-hmm. anything. And I think about the little the little things that are so wonderful. I mean, showing kindness to people, or. Just imagine, just the times when you, let's say you're at a grocery store, and a little kid in another cart somewhere looks at you and smiles at you. Ah, oh, yeah. What does that do for your day? What does that do for your life? You hold the door open for someone, and they say thank you, and they actually look you in the eyes when they say it. What does that, how, what a lift do you get from that?
0: And that's what we can do for everybody.
1: That is value. You know. And that child um, didn't get paid to smile at you? Is not going to be famous for it. But boy, you got to live from it. And you know what? When you smile back, they got one from you.
0: You know, if nothing else, this world is so cruel. If each of us would just sh- shower a bunch of kindness, like real kindness with big smiles and eye contact, that would change our world. And I wanted, let me just read a couple of verses here. Okay. Uh, Go ahead. John fifteen sixteen. this is Jesus talking. I chose you, you, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that fruit, one of those fruits are kindness, loving kindness. And we're supposed to be compassionate, supposed to share the truth. We're supposed to be uh, honest. We're, we're supposed to have interactions. And then we are chosen to love God and love people. And right. John fifteen twelve says, Jesus says this, This is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved
1: you. Yeah, and Galatians 5.14 says the same thing. Oh, yeah. those You know, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. That love that we have for each other, that's our true worth because that's the best reflection that we can have of our worth to God. God Ooh. loves us. So when we take that level and we we reflect that back onto other people, that's when we not only show worth, but we have worth.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um. That's... I think that's what God really intended for us to do. We were meant to interact with each other. Um, we need and we're each gonna, other. We're going to do a, a whole nother one here on the parts of the body and all that kind of stuff. Oh, okay, okay. But but, I, but can I share first? Just a second. Okay, yeah. go ahead. But I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say here is each of us has that ability. Second uh, um, Corinthians five seventeen said we are a new creation within God. Just think about this. The gods. I, I thought about this when I was. Looking into these things that just happened, just think of, my wife is a, I'll put this gently, she is a coffee fiend. She loves her coffee. Um, she likes it. This is Roma. Extremely dark, <laughs> extremely acidic. It's good that way. Oh, it about burns the bottom of the pot off. But I've come to love it too. But just think about how many people touched that one cup of coffee. There's someone that grew the beans. There's someone that bought it, somebody that transported them, someone that roasted them, somebody that bagged them, somebody that shipped them, somebody that put them on the shelf in the store. And then you go and buy them at the store and you come back and somebody made your coffee pot and somebody laid the water pipes that brought the water to your house to make that coffee that somebody else um, drilled drilled the well that got the propane that, that heated up your coffee How many human hands touch every single thing that we do every day? How many different things? How many people made a living off of one cup of coffee? Mm. And how many people have enjoyed the fruits of someone else's labor in that one cup of coffee? We are all so interconnected that if you were to break that thread in one place, it could unravel it all. Yeah,
0: think of it's a wonderful life.
1: Yeah, it's a wonderful life. I always think of uh, like a sweater. Oh, yeah. you got that one little string sticking out, and you're going to pull it off and just get rid of it, and then the whole thing unravels. And each of us has a place in this world. Each of us has a purpose in this world. And it is incredible what God can do with your life. You don't have to be able to do it. God will do it.
0: And it doesn't have to be look big. Now, no. when we say God can use us, it just might be a bunch of little things. But those little things add up. I want to do one more verse before we close. Cool. And I guess the next one we do will be about the body. Is that what we're yeah, going to do? So we'll I do guess that's of that. kind of like a part two of yeah. this. But uh, this is from, and this would be kind of what the next one would be about. But 1 Corinthians twelve six says, Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. So when I let, yeah, when I let Jesus shine through me, he shines and, and hits Shannon and in, a, in a good way. And we just bring more and more light and beauty and love into this world. And we need you. The world needs you.
1: If there's anybody listening to this right now, if there's anybody who, who hears this and has that feeling of self doubt and low self esteem, self worth, all the psychobabble words you want to talk about it. If anyone has that, I want you to just stop quietly and listen for the Spirit, because the Holy Spirit will speak to you on this. If you quiet all the other noise in your mind and you fill it with God, God has wonderful things to tell you. He has so much love to show you, and all you have to do is stop and let Him show it to you. Mm -hmm. And so many times we allow all the other noise to block God out, and everything is so negative, and the world is just crushing if you have the strength to just stop and listen for that voice, He'll God speak. will tell you wonderful things. And I guarantee if it's God speaking, it'll change your life.
0: You know, I know we've got to close here, but I want to just share two chapters, if this is you. Read John 15 yes. and also read Proverbs 8. And this is really quick. We'll have to do a podcast on this. Proverbs 8 is all about how how to hear God's voice. But God will speak to you because he wants to. And we thank you so much for listening. God bless and God love you. Yeah. Hey, and tell your friends. Okay, we'll talk to you later.